What up, hockey fans? It is your favorite Latinos coming to you directly after the Florida Panthers at Seattle Kraken game. My name is Erica Lindsay Ayala. I am your host of Locked on Kraken. I am joined by Armando Velez, your host of Locked on Panthers. And we are going to break down the Seattle Kraken for you coming up on this episode of Locked on pa Panthers, Locked on Kraken crossover episode. You are Locked On Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hermano! What's going on, homie? The Seattle Kraken. We just need to play the Florida Panthers every mm -hmm. night. <laughs> this is, it's a, sometimes this game doesn't make sense. I'll tell, I'll tell, I'll tell you one thing that <laughs> the Panthers have had a, a dream season. What I, that's the best way that I could say it. a dream season after building off a foundational season last year with, getting second place in the division, uh, getting home ice against Tampa Bay. And even though they unfortunately lost in round one against Tampa Bay and all the offseason acquisitions that they got, the start that they had, and then, and then the whole start that they had at home, winning 11 to start and tying the all-time record for wins to start at home, and then Seattle comes in, Chris Drieger comes in uh, and only allows one goal against the Panthers, which I happen to be in person for that one. And then the, the, the streak is over for the Panthers against the expansion Kraken team, who many thought were going to be middle of the pack. But then the, the start that they had not th this was this was never this wasn't in these games were not easy outs for. Uh, the Panthers, that's for sure. They they didn't do it at home this time last time around, and then of course they didn't do it uh, this time around. Different circumstances with um, Chris Trigger being placed in COVID protocol, so they weren't gonna face uh, Chris Trigger at all in in this one. So uh, Chris Trigger, Chris Trigger, uh, he he is in COVID protocol, and he's a uh, he was un unable to play in this one. And then uh, Philip Grubauer comes in and, you know, he only allows one goal. So in two games, well, um, Philip Gru Grubauer lets up three, three, but total four goals in these two games. And then the Florida Panthers, they just, uh, in both of these games, they just didn't, they just allowed too many like odd man rushes the other way. And in both games, they just, uh, they just couldn't figure out the Kraken, and it's just uh, it's it's a little frustrating. So once again, this game doesn't make sense sometimes. It really is wild, you know. Coming in, and and I was mentioning to you, you know, while we were off air, that uh, I have a another crossover, or as I like to say, squadcast coming up with Ann Kimmel, and we were talking about, okay, well, what are these two teams going to look like matched up? And one of the things that Ann was saying is, well, if any team, but in this case, obviously Seattle can be successful on the odd man rushes, then that might be a way to kind of thwart everything that uh, Nashville was doing. And I had said in that 
podcast, I was like, well, Seattle, we're not necessarily known for getting our own rushes. We definitely give up a bunch of rushes, but it's few and far between that you see the Seattle Kraken able to really push ahead with numbers. But to your point, that was happening a little bit more uh, tonight, and it made the difference in the game. There was a, a little bit more tenacity on the puck and going to find the puck for the Seattle Kraken, which is something that, to your point, this is a team on paper that we were expecting to see middle of the pack. But one of the reasons that I would argue that they have not been that, Armando, is because they haven't been able to have that consistency. And, um, and it was really just a battle of which team was going to take advantage. Um, and I think when it was all said and done, you know, I, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be Mason Appleton's goal that is considered the game winning goal. Callie Yarncrook scored on an empty netter, but um, you know, I think it's the Mason Appleton goal. It, it was one of those where it was plenty of passes up the ice and Mason was just able to find that slither of space where Florida kind of crept in and were sneaking over to the near post. And as soon as um, Vince Dunn saw that, he shuffled the puck over to Appleton, who shot it right away. And that is the type of Seattle hockey that you love to see. But unfortunately, we don't see very often. So whatever it is about the Panthers, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if this means that we have a budding rivalry. But at least for now, the Seattle Kraken certainly needed a win in so many ways. The playoffs are well out of reach for us. But just to figure out once again, how to reestablish this franchise. I think this was a critical win for the Seattle. And even though they don't face the Panthers again this season, um, it's a little bit of a something they could look back on when they say, oh, this is a team they faced twice, one of the top teams in the NHL, and saying, hey, this is a team that that we had a little bit of confidence against this season, and it was a growing something of growth for this Seattle Kraken team that they say, hey, um, we we matched up against these guys and, and we were able to beat them and say, hey, that, that's something great to look forward look, look back on. And it's uh, this game had two weird, weird goals. Um, <laughs> the first one with Duclair um, that bounced off a uh, Kraken skate and then the third one by, by the Seattle Kraken, it was credited to uh, Blackwell. Yeah. That was uh, bounce, bounce all over the place. And then uh, it looked like that his hand touched the puck in, in a forward motion, but then it just bounced off of his head and then into the goal. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is, this, this game's officially drunk. So, so it was a, especially since, especially because that was a goal that was scored very quickly after the second. So it was like, uh, it rains, it pours uh, for the Florida Panthers in that situation. Yeah, that was definitely a wild goal. And then he ends up like falling backwards. There was a just like a, you know, a, a stick that was out still and he like falls over the stick. And so is like celebrating on the ice. Um, but yeah, wild, a wild play. And then you mentioned um, those two quick goals, you know, I think it was like in 17 seconds of each other or something like that, which is a Seattle Kraken first where we talking about our first over here, but it was Yanni Gord who scored that um, second goal in the second period for the Seattle Kraken. And then Blackwell right after him, that was Blackwell's 
fourth goal of the season. But, um, you know, I think what you see there, and it was a gritty, dirty kind of goal for Colin Blackwell. Again, not something that the Seattle Kraken do very often. And yeah, totally bounced right off of his head, which was hilarious. Um, whereas the Yanni Gord goal was a snipe. That was that was a skilled goal for sure. So you saw a little bit of everything from the Seattle Kraken, including though that they gave up two goals uh, after that. So you didn't get all of them back in the second frame, but almost nearly did. And um, you know we end the the second period all tied up after the Seattle Kraken did a great job to to pull ahead there. So you know at that point in time. What were you seeing from Florida where you were able to, you know, able to equalize the the score? It's funny because before I I do that, that, that goal to make it 2-1 was a little, it it, it was kind of heartbreaking in a way that, remember, the Florida, the the Seattle Kraken had a five on three at one point. There, there is. They had a full minute, full fifty nine seconds, almost a full minute of five on three. The Florida Panthers were able to kill it, and then the the one thing that happened was after they killed off the penalty, they just couldn't clear the zone, and then that's when the Seattle Kraken took advantage. Is like, even though it's not a power play goal, emotionally it counts. It, it like emotionally, I feel like it counts as one, even though it's not, because they just weren't able to get to get situated and get the the puck out of the zone get their line change that they needed to and regroup so that was just a really tough one um for the panthers but hey um the the two goals uh shortly after which were just less than a, a minute 30 apart was just huberto and barkoff just being just being themselves and of course uh it all started with the the power play owen tippett drawing that slashing penalty as well um owen tippett using uh his speed uh, to create right in front of the net to create that slash. Um, and it, it, it was on a rush. That's what it was. So a, a lot of things happen in this game due to rushes on both sides. Seattle just had more rushes. But the 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 two goals for the Panthers were on three shots. So it's two goals on three shots, just two superstars just uh, going back and forth. And then there was a big part of the game when Jonathan, Huber- Jonathan Huberto and Alexander Barkov have been on separate lines for most of the season, but there, but there was a this one Andrew Burnett, of course, with them being down, they they kept them together for a big portion of this game, and including one of the power plays as well, where it was half of power play two and half of power play one together, where Huberto and Barkov were just not going to go off the ice. They didn't score a power play goal on, uh, I think it was like late in the second period, but the the. The Panthers, they, those two guys were just not going to come off the ice. So it was just those two superstars just learning how to take over. And they they have scored in spurts a lot of times this season. And they just said, hey, we're, we're, we're going to take this over. But uh, uh, unfortunately, it didn't uh, bring them to victory. Yeah, indeed. And uh, I do want to get into a little bit more of the stats and facts that we saw from this game. But first, uh, we're going to talk about our great sponsors in Built Bar. And they want you to know that it's a new year. So that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, 
you got to make sure you include Built Bar into the equation. That's because Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolution. Um, and that is by grabbing a protein bar that tastes as good as a candy bar and maybe even better. I don't know about you, Armando, but I love the double chocolate. That's my go-to uh, when it comes to Built Bar. They also had that cookie dough chunk flavor for a little while, which mm. was mwah, just like, oh, so good, so good. Uh, but all of the Built Bars, regardless of your particular flavor, uh, they come at about 130 calories all in including that they are covered in chocolate, uh, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So whether it's you're getting your day started or you're grabbing a snack uh, on the go or at your office when you're recording a bunch of podcasts, uh, Built Bar is the way to go. And so we over at Locked On want to make sure that you are living your best 2022. And so if you use promo code LOCKED15 over at Built.com, you will get 15% off your next order of the delicious Built Bars of your particular choice. You can do a mix box. You can go with one flavor, whatever you want. Anything that you go get over at built.com when you use promo code LOCKED15, you will save 15% on your next order. As I like to say, happy snacking. And we are back here on this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers and the Locked On Seattle Kraken podcast. And one difference that the Seattle Kraken uh, really made in this one, you were talking about you wanted to go by the numbers, but look at the blocks for mm. this one. 25-13 in favor of Seattle. And Grubauer was amazing. He, he there's Towards the end of the game when uh, the Florida Panthers pulled Sergei Bobrovsky, Aaron Ekblad had three chances right at the net. Wild. Um, and, and many, th there's a lot of, uh, bodies in front of the net, along with Grubauer making saves. Duclair had a great opportunity, but and Grubauer was had the left leg out too, <laughs> as well. Twenty eight of thirty one for Philip Grubauer. This was the prized goalie free agent that they signed away from the Colorado Avalanche just this summer. A, a deal that Seattle wasn't expecting to get neither because they signed right. Drieger. So the the even though. You said it. They're out of the playoffs uh, this year, but still a building piece with these two goalies going forward. And and this, the block discrepancy also says a lot about it. When we met this summer and we had our crossover, we talked a little bit about how the Kraken were made to be a little bit of a defensive team. Early on, they were giving up a lot of goals. They were looking the exact opposite of that defensive team. Mm -hmm. But it, they at least for the two games that they faced against the Panthers, it's definitely looked that they've, it definitely looks like that they're that defensive team that, that Ron Francis and Dave Hextall wants, want to create in Seattle. Well, I love that you mentioned that because I talk about this a lot on Locked on Kraken. And that is because you're absolutely right. We talked about on paper that this was supposed to be a defensive minded team. That being said, a lot of the growing pains from my vantage point about the Seattle Kraken team have been 
on the defensive side. And I also love that you talked about Philip Grubauer because we talk a lot on the Locked on Kraken show that Philip Grubauer sometimes seems out of sync with the Seattle Kraken team, particularly when we see the Seattle Kraken team not putting up the numbers that we're seeing uh, in, in the game that just closed out against Florida. When the Seattle Kraken play a great team defense and they are showing their goaltender, particularly if that goaltender is Philip Grubauer, that they are going to sacrifice the body, that they are going to put in the like a great team defense effort. I do believe that Grubauer plays better in that sense. So I felt that coming into any of the games that we have, you had to see the Seattle Kraken defense really buckle down and show that they are committed, that they are committed to stopping pucks before they even get to Philip Grubauer. Now, some of the goals that we did see come through, you saw some come through on a screen. Gruby just didn't get a good look on that. That's hockey. That's going to happen. But there have been times where, quite honestly, the Seattle Kraken goaltender has been left out to dry. And so I like that you mentioned the blocks because that is definitely a stat I look at a lot. And you're absolutely right. We signed Philip Grubauer. You know, we've got him for another five seasons, I believe, after this one. So, you know, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of investment for us to have a goaltender that at times seems, again, a little bit out of sync. So games like this are going to be critically important. Unfortunately, again, Grubauer is putting up the grunt of the workload, which was not expected to your point when we knew we were getting uh, Grubauer alongside Drieger. We were hoping to get a little bit more of an equitable share there. Unfortunately, Chris Drieger, he'll have two or three great starts, and then he's gone on the injured reserve twice and now is in COVID protocol. So Although the season is a for, basically a foregone conclusion, we're not making the playoffs, I was hoping we'd see more Drieger because I do think he's earned more starts. Unfortunately, he finds himself unavailable yet again for this Seattle Kraken team, which is just really tough luck for Drieger. But the energy when Drieger is in net versus Grubauer is different, at least to my eye test. So hopefully, once Drieger is out of COVID protocol, hopefully he can stay healthy the rest of the way because if I were the Seattle Kraken I'd actually give him some more starts and let Groovy get a little bit more rest because he hasn't been able to do that a lot this season mm -hmm. and it's a big uh, big workload for uh, for your goalie when they're putting or they're going out there uh, and both goalies for the Panthers from the Panthers perspective have had their fair share of going a big stretch of starting like in November, Spencer Knight had a big amount of starts without, um, at the time, Christopher Gibson coming in in November. Now they get Jonas Johansson off of waivers. Spencer Knight goes into COVID protocol, and then Bob ha has to start a few games. And also, Spencer Knight hasn't necessarily played well this season um, o o overall, but he was able, he, he got into the game against Calgary in the first game of the road trip, and then uh gets in the game against uh Vancouver and then picks up a win uh for for the Panthers. So there's a little bit of a confidence booster for um for both goalies because Bob got his first shutout in Edmonton for the first time in like 26 months since November of uh 2019. So that's a little bit of encouraging, but th this one this one was not the best uh support 
for Sergey Borovsky as the just the odd man rushes were just a little too much for him. And you, you talked about screens and not seeing pucks. That's hockey. I mean, that's 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 what happened on the power play goal from Huberto. Barkov had an opportunity right at the net. The the great thing about that goal was the Panthers were still able to retrieve the puck, work it around, and keep the Seattle Kraken on their toes, not getting them set. So by the time that Hubie um, launched the puck, it was behind the net, and Grubauer just wasn't able to to react on that one. And that is that is just uh, uh, that that just shows that a team is like not willing to like stay still and just like continue to just move it around, continue to have those um, heads moving one way or the other. So they can't shift to the other side and they can't, um, they can't read where the shot is going. So that's, that's, that, that's the, that's the work in progress that's continuing with this Panthers power play that, which has been so much better in, in, in this last, like ever since the COVID pause ended, really for the Panthers their 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 power play has just been so much better and it's it's weird to think you get a power play goal in this one and you don't allow the Seattle Kraken to get a power play goal yourselves but then then the even strength even strength has been their best part of their game all season and that's the this is one of the rare times where even strength let the Florida Panthers down yeah it's wild it's wild to see like you mentioned a, a drought on the power play for the Seattle Kraken. That's more or less par for the course. But I like what you said about the Panthers and just being aggressive and essentially having a net front front presence. Well, that goal by Yanni Gord, while it was a clinical strike by, by Gord, which we know he's capable of, another thing that you'll see is that Ryan Donato, and I believe it was Vince Dunn, were putting in work in front, and they were agitating the defenders goal to the done even after if you look at the playback you know he's poking around I didn't catch the the number of the of the uh, defender for the Florida Panthers but he like you know is kind of like Matt we got that one because he was being you know harassed in front because he was a net front presence you saw Ryan Donato he I don't I I'm pretty sure he didn't get his stick on that Yanni Gord goal I think it was a Yanni Gord goal straight up and I think that was the right call but Donato was right there so that something that we weren't seeing from the Seattle Kraken team. So net front presence, we're not a, a really big and tall forward core, but being aggressive goes a really long way in the National Hockey League. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we talked a little bit about this off camera and um going to read this on the show about goal differential um, for both of these teams uh, heading into this game. Florida's second in goal differential in the third period and while Seattle's 29th and the fact that the for the the go ahead goal with the game winning goal happened 30 seconds in <laughs> it it at the time at the time I was thinking okay you let one there's 19 minutes and 30 seconds left while you have one of the teams that have the worst goal differential to against teams that have one of the best no no problem there there I'm I'm not I'm not worried I said that at the time, but of course, sometimes sometimes uh, you just gotta let the the game play out. And of course, um, it, it, it was a it was an it was a game unlike unlike the Panthers that we've seen that they didn't make their third period comeback, which they're third in the league in third period com comebacks in the entire NHL with uh, twelve. 
Yeah, and uh, as far as the Seattle Kraken, you see in the third frame that they get, like you mentioned, that early goal, Mason Appleton. Callie Yarncroke gets a, uh, and I said this off air, I think, as well. You know, I'm used to us uh, seeing, we see empty net goals in Seattle Kraken games all the time, but usually it's the opponent scoring, but we got an empty netter here. Uh, Callie Yarncroke, unassisted, was able to essentially just walk that one in. Again, there was a, a breakaway that the Seattle Kraken were able to take advantage of. Um, and so I think the Seattle team, I would love to say this is the start of something. Unfortunately, we've seen those starts and stops a few times. But to your point earlier, if they can just hone in on what this felt like and remember what it feels like to be blocking shots, uh, you know, to be getting their own odd man rushes and whatnot, this is definitely something that can be a building block. How sustainable it is, we'll see with this win over Florida. And we have Nashville coming up who we also got a win, not just any win, but we got our first ever win <laughs> against mm. Nashville. So we're hoping, uh, you know, luck will strike again once they come up to Climate Pledge Arena. <laughs> mm. And that win for the Seattle Kraken uh, puts them at 13-24 and four for the season. We're going to continue this conversation next, but first... We're going to tell you all about Bet Online, and Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New Year and a new desktop um, and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here in this third and final segment of this Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Seattle Kraken podcast. Just named the the records for the Seattle Kraken um, before the commercial break for the Florida Panthers. This loss drops them to 28, nine and five on the season still leads the Atlantic uh, second in the NHL in points percentage. Uh, actually, excuse me, third now uh, behind Carolina in points percentage and be and behind Colorado. So not much to complain uh, for the Florida Panthers, but one thing I want to ask you, uh, how has, from your vantage point, from the trips you have made to Seattle and by the interactions you've made on the internet, how is the reception based on this team, regardless of wins and losses? Well, I think that the buzz for who are going to be the diehard fans is still pretty high. The Seattle Kraken as a franchise are finding ways to inject some energy into the franchise at every turn, whether it's a new, uh, you know, opening display and we have what they call the twins. So it's not one centered jumbotron, but it's two jumbotrons on either side of climate pledge arena. And they've introduced a new, uh, opening kind of act, so to speak. And word on the street is that that's just kind of the, you know, baseline and that there will be other elements added over time. So that's one thing. There's a, a, a doggo. We've got a pup officially now, Davy Jones, which of course playing with the whole nautical and deep, you know, uh, 
fear the deep uh, theme that we have. So um, I think that the franchise has been doing a really great job of engaging everyone from casual fans who are just going to be loyal because they are Seattleites or they just like the colors or whatever the case is. And then you have, of course, your diehard fans that are still going to Climate Pledge Arena every night. It's a potential to see a first because we're a brand new franchise. And I kind of joked around even in this podcast that that's something that definitely comes from the Seattle Kraken. You know, we're having fun. Things on the ice are not looking the way that we always want it to look. But that being said, there's still a lot of buzz, still a lot of energy around this franchise, even despite some of the challenges, including losing Brandon Tanev to the season with an ACL injury. We've got Jaden Schwartz out. Uh, Jamie Alexiak just went on the the IR with a lower body injury. Uh, Carson Soucy in this game. So we were playing this game Mm -hmm. with five defenders for a while there. As far as I can tell, um, and from everything that I'm hearing and what what we try to do on the on the lockdown Kraken show is like, listen, when it comes to the hockey, we're going to break it down. We're going to keep it real, but we're still having fun. Mm, that's great. And a lot, and the geographics from the Kraken based on, I know there's a, I know there's a team in Vancouver, not too far away, but when you think about the U S and you think about the amount of cities that are not even 500 miles from Seattle, the, the the geographics of you're going to get people from Idaho, you're going to get people from Montana, you're going to get for people from Portland, Oregon, maybe it, to to buy into this team, maybe, especially if they start winning. So the regional geographic side, even though a lot of it, is, even though a lot of the parts east are mostly land and not a lot of people, but still you can get some of that to grow into that region and support that team because you have the geographics um, there. So that, that is a big helper for, for the Kraken for sure. Absolutely. And it, it has to be said that even outside of Seattle or even outside of Washington, Washington, the Pacific Northwest is a very distinct culture. Um, and the Pacific Northwest knows hockey. While there hasn't been an NHL team or a team that's been uh, eligible to compete for the Stanley Cup, Cup, excuse me, since the Seattle Metropolitans, the Seattle Kraken inherit a lot of history hockey history in the area and so early on on the locked on kraken show we've been able to break some of that down including the women's game like the seattle metropolitans the owners of that team in the early 1900s put together a women's hockey league so that the wives of the seattle metropolitans could not only learn the game but play the game so that's kind of the history that the seattle kraken are embracing and you move that to current and uh you know and Ann and I have been talking a lot about sled hockey and there's an adaptive hockey program for the Seattle Kraken um, and that the Seattle Kraken are running, I should say, through their uh, Kraken community iceplex. And so it's just all of these different ways that there are um, different touch points to hockey loving people, all ages, all genders, all races, all um, you know abilities, um, and of course, there's also the LGBTQIA league and things of that. So there's pride games and and whatnot. So again, the franchise and the team, uh, they go hand, and it's what's being done in 
community to build community in the Pacific Northwest that makes it uh, a little bit easier when the Seattle Kraken on the ice are not necessarily getting it done. That's awesome and happy for that community. So uh, what's, what's next for the Seattle Kraken as they after this win against the Florida Panthers? So up next, we have Nashville. Again, we were able to be successful early on uh, in our, our very young inaugural season against Nashville and get that win on the road. So now they come to Climate Pledge Arena. The Seattle Kraken have been talking a lot about making it difficult for teams to play in CPA, Climate Pledge Arena. Again, that has not always been the case. And the Seattle Kraken are, are exercising some demons when it comes to how much they can protect their own home but coming off of this win against Florida and knowing that they've been able to meet some success against Nashville uh, I think that hopefully that will build up uh, some of the character that we want to see some of that grit some of that energy uh, that the Seattle Kraken unfortunately often lack I even joke around and say they should just instead of doing like a light morning skate they should skate a full like at game pace period of hockey for the morning skate so that maybe by the time we drop the puck at at e the evening time they're already like have tricked their bodies into the fact that they've already played one period of hockey because <laughs> that's how much of a slow start they are but that's what we have coming up next obviously we got i guess about a week ago the new schedule because there's no olympic break for nhlers even though maddie Beniers, our second draft pick will be in beijing and so i'll be able to cover him there but um you know that that's what we have that's what we have coming up we're trying to you know shake off that loss against st louis take what we got against florida and parlay that into success against nashville so armando what about uh the panthers what do y'all have coming up here i mean as you mentioned as we talked about it's a it's still a stellar season for this team so now how do you bounce back um the pan I was thinking that the Panthers would probably get hopefully like maybe seven or eight points in this uh out of ten in this road trip. Right now they only have four out of their their eight. So uh their next game's against Winnipeg, the last game of this five game road trip, and then they return home to face Vegas. No Jack Eichel still for Vegas, and then they welcome San Jose before uh back to back uh with uh Columbus and New York but if you can get a win in Winnipeg and get two points you solidify an over 500 road trip and even though it wasn't pretty at, at points with Calgary and now Seattle you you got you'll get the over 500 part out, out of the way and it'll be two straight road trips of being over 500 where the Florida Panthers have struggled uh to get get some road wins uh this year they're they're 21 and three at home but the the road record has just been kind of different for them but that's what that's what i that's what the florida panthers got coming up so a win in winnipeg and uh the you'll end it on a positive note love to hear it absolutely well it's always a pleasure hermano to be on here with you we're both repping our you know uh, our caribbean heritage you with the pr boricua hat which i am also but i'm i'm wearing the new york cubans because i'm here in new york until i go to beijing and i'm a cubana so had to rep it when i saw what you were wearing actually you know repping some panthers colors here i don't know how that worked out but i've got my crack in deep blue on too <laughs> mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I mean, it's a big, it's a, it's a good mix. The colors, the the blue is kind of similar, so works yeah, out. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, always indeed. a pleasure to to have you on for a crossover. Uh, wishing you and the Panthers the best of luck, especially now that you don't have to face us anymore for the season. <laughs> so, wishing gladly you- so. Yeah, yeah. Wishing you best of luck. I'm really excited, quite honestly, to see, uh, to your point, what this Panthers team can do, given that they really got a good taste of of what a postseason run can look like for them. Absolutely. And I'm looking, definitely looking forward to it. It should be a good one. Well, until we squad cast again, uh, always a pleasure. But for Armando Velez from Locked on Panthers, my name is Erica Lindsay Ayala, your host of Locked on Kraken. We thank you for making either Locked on Panthers or Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day. Now it's time for you to head over to Locked on Bets, where you can listen to your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. And just like all of our shows across the Locked On Network, they are available free for you on your favorite podcast listening app or over on YouTube. But until tomorrow, we're signing out.